Uh, hello and welcome back to Better Than Bad. Um, I'm your host Jess. I hope everyone's doing well and that you all enjoyed the last episode. Uh, if you didn't listen to the previous episode, then you will have missed out on my discussion with Jodie Garnish about Brendan Fraser's highest and lowest rated films. So make sure that you go back and listen to that episode when you get the chance. Uh, but never fear, because this episode is a very exciting one. Because I'm not alone. I am joined by a very special guest. I'm joined by Alex. Hi. Hello. How are you today? I am wonderful, thank you. I I mean, whenever I get the chance to talk about this person, I just chip her up. So <laughs> I couldn't be in a better place right now. Do you want to tell the people who we're talking about today? Yes, we are talking about the... I, I, there are no words to describe... How, like how she is but you all know her you all love her it's Florence Pugh she is the moment she is she really is the moment like it's a bit she, mad she has been since 2019 and she's just not stopped and I hope she never does <laughs> <laughs> I doubt she's, it yeah um, so for those who don't know although if you don't where have you been <laughs> Um, Florence Pugh is a British actor. Um, like I said, she is literally the moment. Um, she's probably best known for her roles in Midsummer, Little Women, and she recently played Yelena in Black Widow and Hawkeye for the MCU. And yes. she's set to appear in Christopher Nolan's Oppenheimer with every other actor in Hollywood. Yeah. <laughs> And she's also, I don't know if this is confirmed, but she's rumoured to be in Dune Part 2. Yes, she is uh, official. I think it's official, official. Oh, play. it's official, official. Um, Princess Irulan, or I don't know how to pronounce it. Yeah. I'm, I'm not uh, down with the Dune lingo. <laughs> but like, she, so if, she's, if she definitely is in that, like, that's two of the biggest films that are coming out in the next few years. L- literally two of the biggest films like <laughs> she's stacking them up she is booked and busy as she should be as we all wish we were <laughs> <laughs> i want to be on that level please <laughs> was there a particular reason as to why you wanted to discuss florence um well i think first and foremost i absolutely adore her i think she's brilliant i think she's probably one of the most talented actresses in Hollywood working like right now. Um, but also because her filmography is like, even though it it's not massive, it's quite eclectic. Um, and she's done a lot of very d- different things. I know um, she, you know, she's dabbled in horror. She's dabbled in, you know, comedy. She's dabbled in period. She's dabbled in the big blockbuster um stuff so she's she's just done a bit of everything and i feel like there aren't many or too many actresses at least that that could probably say the same yeah she's been very like fortunate considering she's still quite early on in her career yeah yeah yeah. and she's got a bit of everything yeah literally Um, which makes this sort of podcast even more like fun because you get a complete spectrum. For those who didn't listen to the last episode, at the end of that episode, I revealed that her um, highest rated film on IMDb was Little Women. 
Um, and her lowest rate rated is a Netflix horror film called Malevolent. Um, yes. Fun fact, Little Women isn't actually her highest on Rotten Tomatoes, though. Oh, what is her highest on Rotten Tomatoes? Midsummer. Oh, okay. Interesting. Midsummer had 100%. It was loved. It was well loved. Whereas I think I think Little Women had like 95 or 97. Little Women's 95, I think, yeah. Yeah. And then Malevolent is the lowest, but it's tied with The Commuter, which I've never seen. I don't know if you have. I haven't seen The Commuter. I actually realised that I haven't seen as many Florence Pugh films as I had initially realised. Like some of her earlier stuff. It's, well, you sort of. I think that is why I was looking through her stuff, and I thought, "Oh God, I haven't seen nearly as much as I thought I had." But then that kind of just shows how much of a chokehold she has everyone in, because we're all just <laughs> obsessed with her. You may have only seen her in two things, but you're gonna be obsessed. Exactly. I mean, she just completely like leaves her mark, no matter what she does. Yeah, I think her personality does as well. Yeah, yeah, because she's a just likable. Um, so likable I mean cooking with flow <laughs> case in point the only reason I, I have Instagram at this point yeah. <laughs> is cooking with flow I, 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 I had a life before cooking with flow was a thing and now I have a life afterwards and every day <laughs> that we don't have a cooking with flow is just not a good day before Florence and after Florence <laughs> she's practically biblical at this point <laughs> So um, I thought we'd start off by talking about Malevolent because it came out first. Um, so just some facts for, for the people. Um, so Malevolent has 4.8 stars on IMDb. Um, it was released in 2018 on Netflix. It was written by Ben Katai, and I'm really going to butcher this name and I'm so sorry, um, Eva Constantopoulos. I think you did a pretty good job with that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's based on the novel Hush by Eva Constantopoulos. Um, it stars Florence Pugh, Celia Imri, and Ben Lloyd Hughes, amongst others. And it was directed by Olaf de Fleur. I guess the first question I wanted to ask was, are you a fan of horror? Because I'm actually not sure whether you are. <sighs> um, it's so... I have such a very strange relationship with horror films um i used to be absolute no go like wouldn't even just couldn't even bear thinking about watching a horror film i just could not do it like it, my my anxiety was just too like i could i just can't do this but funnily enough there is one film that i um kind of attribute to me becoming a bit warmer on on horror films and ironically, it's Midsummer. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Um, so, because Midsummer came out in 2019, I think. Yeah. yeah. And I was kind of just in. First of all, it was this thing of right. I need to just rip the bandaid off and just <laughs> try it. But second of all, I was like, if I'm going to do a horror film for anybody, I'm going to do it for Florence Pugh. <laughs> Because uh, I'd seen Fighting With My Family at this point and I was already absolutely in love with her. So I was like, do you know what? Just going to do it. Just going to, like I said, rip that bandaid off. So I went and watched Midsummer on my own, which was a mistake. <laughs> uh, 
Um, but yeah, so and now I'll watch a horror film. I don't necessarily would. I wouldn't say it's my favorite genre, but um, yeah, I I would say that thanks to Florence Pugh, I I will actually consider watching them. Yeah, I was I was a bit of the same really. I never I never liked horror when I was in school. Like people would be like, let's watch a horror film, and I'd be like, let's not. Can we watch something happy, please? <laughs> um, and then I my little gateway uh, into horror was um, uh, the Silence of the Lambs actually, and then I started to enjoy. But I never, I don't really enjoy ghost stories. Right. that's not yeah. my vibe um this is a ghost story <laughs> it, it is quite heavily yeah i'd heard of this film and i kept thinking to myself i'm gonna watch it just for florence Pugh. yeah um if i'm gonna watch a horror film <laughs> it's gonna be yeah. <laughs> that we should put that on a poster somewhere yeah. <laughs> that that's gonna be on the midsummer um dvd blu-ray yeah. They're just like our, our names quoting that. If you're gonna watch a horror film, you watch it for Florence Pugh. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because this is this is very heavily a ghost story, um, and it's just not usually my vibe. I don't even know why. There's just like there's something about dead children and creepy dolls that I'm like, you know what? I'm all right. <laughs> yeah, I. I think I'm exactly the same in that I think out of everything, like give me a slasher any day. I, mm. I I see people being cut up and murdered in increasingly brutal ways. That's fine. I could deal with that. But going into a house and a, a door closes, nope, not for me. Did you like this film? Did I like this film? Um, I, Not really. Mm. I, uh, yeah, I can see why it's kind of landed on the the mid, um, kind of side of the ratings because I feel mm-hmm. like it has some, it has some positive points. I mean, for its pew mainly, if being <laughs> honest. Um, but it is, yeah, it, it's not, it's not great. It's not particularly scary either. Like it was kind of unnerving. It, in certain moments um i think the thing that got me the most in terms of like creepiness was um when she like when when she's seeing the children and they're like mm. telling her to follow them and mm. that that stuff kind of gets me a bit like oh eek um but like the body horror and stuff like the sewing the mouths shut and things it just it didn't really do it for me in terms of like being freaked out i felt, sort of felt like at the start, because I think horror films work with their tension building. I think that's where the, yeah. key, the, the key to it is. Definitely. And I thought at the beginning, there was some good tension building when she was in the basement with yeah. the mannequins. That was the only bit that made me jump, actually, when the, the, oh, when the yeah. mannequin turned into the ghost. I was like, there's actually, I was in the middle of writing something in my notes and then I jumped <laughs> so you can see in my notes my literal fear as I was like, oh God. Um, but that kind of was it. And then it, it didn't really go anywhere beyond that. I mean, I agree with you that the like the dead children were, were un- unnerving, but I I don't think I was like scared. I was just like, oh, okay. No, not particularly. Uh, 
I, I mean, like, I think like it, it, it has a really interesting premise, and like, mm. I love the idea of you know scam artists ha- actually experiencing like something that that they're scamming people out of. Yeah. Um. But yeah, like you said, it does just doesn't really go anywhere, and then when it kind of starts going somewhere, it it, it happens so quickly. And and things kind of just happen, and you just kind of like, okay, that just came out of nowhere. Yeah, like when the guy fell through the floor. Oh yeah, I was like, what? Like they're following this ghost yeah. child, and then pff, he's fallen. It would have been so interesting if they'd have kept following that child, and there would have been something. But obviously, they needed to find the weird basement with. Uh, help clawed into the walls i think that was the other thing there was just so many like horror tropes yeah it was like it was like banging you over the head with them. <laughs> it was a horror <laughs> film it was like dead children mouth sewn up creepy dolls <laughs> like, and you're just there like and then all of a sudden help like on the walls help on the walls and i'm like okay and there was so much that wasn't kind of like fully explained it was just like a mash of all of this stuff. It was filled with substance, but then when you actually look closer to what the substance is, it's just fluff. Like, complete fluff. Because <laughs> it's like they had the whole backstory with the mum. Yeah. And the, the, how the mum was like a psychic medium type person as well. And then she, you know, I don't know. Didn't she like? Didn't they say something like she gouged her eyes out? She had this whole thing where they she had like no eyes. I was just like, okay, (laughs) just something incredibly. Yeah, like this is we we have to tell you this because you need to. We need to explain to you why both of these people can see dead people. Yeah, their mum was crazy. That that's what (laughs) that that's another blooming trope, isn't it? The crazy, crazy, crazy family, who, you know, committed suicide, and then they're dealing with the trauma. It was just trauma, 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 trauma. Hashtag trauma <laughs> all yes. over the place <laughs> from from every character. Yeah, I mean every character that that mattered because I I don't remember the name of um. What was the the other girl called? I think her name was Beth. Beth, maybe, yeah. Was she relevant to the plot at all? Or she was just there. She was just the 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 girlfriend. His, yeah, his he girlfriend. Then got thrown through the the windshield of a yeah, car. I didn't see that happen, right? I swear, I I know because he because he ran over the old man who he thought was a little girl. <laughs> um, but it turned out to be the old man, and then I was like, right, okay, w- windshield's broken, and then he and then. And then he crashes the car, which mm-hmm. again seemed a bit strange in terms of like because he was he'd run over the guy and then he was driving straight down the road. So I don't really see how he veered off. But anyway, um, and then next minute he's walking out of the car and Beth is out of the car dead. Yeah, <laughs> because I. <laughs> I was watching it and I was like, there's a hole in the windscreen. And then I went, yeah. oh, I was like, did why she fly that? through it? Okay. <laughs> okay. It, it didn't feel like, like I, I don't 
recall seeing her fly through the windscreen. No, I, there, she, there, she definitely wasn't shown to fly through. But then that whole bit made me laugh because they obviously they get in the car and they had to, ha- I guess it was like the, there had to be a reason why they didn't escape. Yeah. Like, and your reason is that they um, crash into a log. Cool. That's <laughs> a fallen down tree trunk. Awesome. Run over an uh, old man we've seen twice through the runtime of the film and then <laughs> crash into a log. I was like, where's the relevance in it being the gardener that he runs over? <laughs> was he involved? There was well, no yeah. like there was no why explanation. Was, there was no explanation as to why he was stood in the middle of the road. Why was he stood in the middle of the road? I mean, I was yeah, there was just and there were lots of moments like that where it just kind of felt like they were doing things for the sake of doing it. Yep. I thought that a lot with the body horror aspect as well. Like that kind of, I was like, I feel like this is just because you think that this is going to creep people out, not because it's necessarily going to add anything to the story. Yeah, Um, no. And then it was just kind of, Celia Imrie being all like, we had to silence them. <laughs> now I'm so silencing loud. you. <laughs> but yeah. then that didn't, they were so loud. They were so loud. So you sewed their mouths shut? Okay. <laughs> She's definitely not winning mother of the year, is she? <laughs> she invites all these poor like foster children into her home. And then she's like, they were loud. I had to do something about it. So I broke their jaws and (laughs) their mouths shut. (laughs) Right. And you think they're the problem. Interesting. (laughs) Interesting. But then that whole storyline made me confused as well because I couldn't quite figure out why she'd invited this group to try and, like, get rid of these ghosts. Because she didn't really seem particularly bothered. And it was almost as if she was trying to, like, trick... Did she know they were scam artists? And she was like, I'm going to teach you a lesson. Um, I, I I, didn't quite get it. <laughs> <laughs> now, thinking about it now, yeah, you're exactly right. <laughs> she didn't really have a particular motive, did she? Until she actually mm. found... Until she at least revealed that she knew that they were scamming her. Yeah. Although, technically, they weren't. Because Florence Pugh's character did actually see them and was able to actually see these these yeah. girls. The one thing that did make me laugh is that <laughs> when she would go into the places and she'd be like, hello, my name is Angela and I was just wondering if you would consider leaving this house. I was like, if it was that fucking easy, everyone would do it. If you had a ghost in your house, she'd just be like, yo, hun, considered leaving? Just the thought. Just Do you leave. mind just pausing, throwing shit around the house and just the door's there, like, see yourself out? I thought, is that how simple it is? I feel like it isn't. <laughs> also, um, on top of that, it's really hard to sympathise with a group of characters that literally in the opening moments of the film scam a family that have just lost their mother slash wife to cancer it's it's really horrible. That's the thing. You've I, got this poor little Scottish girl, very like yeah. politely being like, oh, "My my mum just died," and then I've got to be like, "Oh, poor Angela, like nearly dying in a car crash and like getting her mouth nearly sewn shut." Oh, 
<laughs> Poor girl. Um, no, sorry. You got what was coming to you. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Like I, I didn't feel so necessarily sorry for Jackson because the only reason he was doing it is 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 for the money. Like, come on. There was just lots of very like just stereotypical moments. I thought the plot twist with Celia Imrie's character was very obvious. Yeah. Like from the off, I was like when she was and she was showing the photos of the the dead children and then she got out a photo of her son and she was like my boy my son who apparently had killed these children i was like if your if your son had like murdered brutally murdered someone i don't think you'd be like my boy my beautiful boy <laughs> so i was immediately like it's interesting it's an interesting reaction so I wasn't surprised when all of a sudden she's down in the basement with an apron on and a hammer and a sewing kit. Like, <laughs> oh wow, yeah, um, it's 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 not great. No, what did you think of Florence in it though? Oh, impeccable, <laughs> chef's kiss, the best. <laughs> I thought she did she did the most she could with the stuff she was given. Absolutely, yeah. She, I feel like she gave her um, very uh, particular brand of of horror acting. You know, the, the the big facial expressions, the the laboured breathing, and um, the, the the crying and all of that kind of stuff. Very. Mm. Um, I, I mean, it must have um, kind of her, her doing this must have lended very well to her then moving on and doing Midsummer the year after. Mm-hmm. I think she's quite good in horror as yeah. well. Like, I'd, I guess she just has that ability to just kind of throw all like inhibitions out the window and just do what's required of her. Because horror's like, a, it's a lot, it's taxing. It's, you know, it's particularly if it's one of those ones where you're running around everywhere and you've got all this emotional stuff happening. And yeah. I mean, I think... Yeah, she does really well in it. And there were definitely elements of this performance that when I think to watching her in Midsummer, I was like, oh, it's kind of like a similar vibe to the the, the Florence Pugh frown coming into play and <laughs> all of these sorts of um, things that she's, yeah, I, she, I, think, I think she's good in the horror stuff. I'd quite like to see her in something else. I mean, I don't know whether... There's like, I know she's got Don't Worry Darling coming out, which apparently yeah. has kind of, kind of sprinklings of that. Yeah, I think she's that, that'll probably lend itself well, like this style of acting, to, to that yeah. film, which we will find out in September. I'm so excited. I cannot I'm wait. I'm so excited for that one. It's going to be so good. Um, but yeah, no, I think that she really does do horror very well. And I think she she has this kind of way of hamming things up um, without, w- while it still seeming like incredibly realistic, as realistic as you can be in a film where you know they're literally seeing ghosts. Yeah, no, they, you, you, she was. I, I think I wrote down. I was like, Florence Pugh's the saving grace of this, but she still can't save it. It's just <laughs> like. <laughs> And I certainly think that this was the type of horror film that was trying to sort of capitalise on that, um, the success of things like The Conjuring. It had similar vibes. Yeah, definitely so. Similar yeah. colour palette. <laughs> that kind of like 
grey washed just, out just sludge just absolute sludge, sludge. the sludge yeah. colour palette <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah but this was early on in her career as well like um but like and this I mean we say early on it's literally like 2018 that's how, that's how like <laughs> she hasn't been in the game for a particularly long time i think her first yeah her first film came out in 2014 mm-hmm. and then this one was in 2018 so she was still sort of on the up at that point yeah cuz i think it's pretty much considered that fighting with my family was like her big break right mm-hmm. like the thing that yeah. people really started noticing her and then yeah. that's when it was like okay now it's midsummer little women mcu let's throw it yeah, all she at had you that year as well where she had fighting with my family midsummer um, and midsummer little women. and yeah. little women. All imagine that year. what a Just, stacked year I, I don't think anybody has ha- any actor or actress has had a better just year of films <laughs> she literally went box office success box office success box office success <laughs> academy award nomination she was like you name it i've got it and it showed that what's funny about that particular year i think it shows off her range really well because yeah, she had cause... horror sort of fighting with my family's like comedy drama Com- type thing and then obviously yeah. little women with like a period piece you see every aspect of what she can do really really well and then the before we move on the ending Mm-hmm. like it was very straight because she was on the phone with James Cosmo with her grandpa and mm. and then he was like it was a disease and then he's like I'm coming down to you so you're not alone and then Florence Pugh just says I'm not alone <laughs> and then it ends <laughs> I just thought that I was, was like, so yeah because she looked up didn't she I was like is is her brother stood there like the ghost of her brother yeah, sorry, yep. just, um, we've just spoiled that for everybody. Her, her brother <laughs> dies at the end. So was... <laughs> brother dies. The brother dies. I, I love how morning. in that scene as well, where she, she's walking down the road and she sees him and she's like, oh, maybe he could be alive. <laughs> and it's like, no, obviously. If he's just walking down this road, he's not got any like blood or, or anything on him. He's dead. He's dead, sis. Come on. I like, yeah, I like that she was like, Jackson, like she's covered head to toe in blood, got this massive like cut on her forehead. And then she sees him looking clean and fresh and she, and he's just like, hi babe, where's Beth? <laughs> and she's just like, and that was what made her go, oh, you be dead. Yeah. It's like, he looks normal. <laughs> of course he's dead. When you saw him previously, he had a sewn up mouth. <laughs> <laughs> So we now move on to the probably the more anticipated discussion yes. of Little Women. Um, <sighs> here we go. Um, we've just spoiled it for everybody. The ending question of which one we preferred. We've we've spoiled it already. <laughs> um, <laughs> so again, some facts for the for the listeners. Uh, so Little Women has seven point eight stars on IMDb, which personally I think is too low. Low, um, it very be. low. <laughs> All the way up there. It's um was released in 2019. It's written and directed by the genius Greta Gerwig. It stars Florence Pugh, obviously, Saoirse Ronan, Eliza Scanlon, Emma Watson, Timothy Chalamet, Laura Dern, and Meryl Streep, just to name a few. There's a bunch of others that pop up. Um, 
It won the Oscar for costume design in 2020 and was nominated for six Oscars that year. Should have won them all, um, including best film, screenplay, actress, and supporting actress, which Florence Pugh was nominated for. Don't get me started on how Little Women was robbed that year. Oh boy, robbed absolutely oh, robbed. Yeah. Oh my gosh. When did you first watch this film? I. So it it was a weird. Um, because this was released in 2019 in America, but didn't come out, I believe, until early 2020. Oh, no. It came out on Boxing Day 2019 in the UK. I remember that now. Um, And I'd already done my Films of the Year list at that point. Because I was like, I'm not going to watch anything else that's going to gonna break the top ten, surely. <laughs> And believe it or not, <laughs> uh, yeah. So I, I watched it kind of as soon as it came out. Really, um, again, Florence Pugh. I, everybody in this film is a is a draw, including Greg Gerwig, who I, you know I was already a massive fan of Lady Bird at that point. I hadn't really seen any of her her films where she she's in them, but I was a massive fan of Lady Bird. Um. So the draw was there, everything aligned, and um, I mean, it came as no surprise to the fact that I think it ended up being uh, ended up going in at number two that of that year in my top ten. I was like, "We're changing it; it's happening." What was number one? Do you know what? I can find out. I think. Wait, twenty nineteen. Ah, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Um, so my top, my favorite film of twenty nineteen was The Farewell. Oh, okay. Um, and then it was That's Little Women. But that. I literally, uh, we are recording here, I'm at my desk, and above my monitor is a poster of The Farewell. <laughs> it isn't just one of my favourite films of 2019, The Farewell. It's one of my favourite films ever. I, I When did I first watch this? I think I, I watched it in the cinema. I went in the um, like the first probably the first week of January in 2020 before, mm. you know, before, <laughs> before she ah, Yeah, of course, of course. <laughs> um, so I went, I went then and um, I went by myself watching this film and I was just crying. <laughs> Sat by myself crying. It, yeah, I mean, it, it is so, emo- I think I watched it twice in the cinema. Um, and I just remember sobbing both times, like completely and utterly. Um, I mean, for very obvious reasons, mm. which I'm sure we will go into. Mm. Um, but I think it, it is really just a testament to the talent of, of Greta Gerwig because I had I haven't seen the original Little Women film with uh, Winona Ryder and all of that kind of stuff, and I wasn't mm. very familiar with the story before. Um, before I'd watched the film, but her like Greta's adaptation of the book, it, I mean, it's just impeccable, and I could talk about it for hours and days, mm-hmm. completely. And we will. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I went along by myself because it was like I was like, I have to go see this. I have to go see this, and it was literally just 
in my opinion, the perfect film. Yeah. Um, and it is true what you say, like that, that adaptation, there is something about the way that Greta writes that is just so compelling. The pacing is impeccable and the way she structured the story mm-hmm. made it so easy to relate to each of these women. Because I know particularly if we're going to talk about Florence Pugh and her character of Amy in the yeah. past, she's sort of been centered as almost the villain of the piece. Yeah. And the way they structured her character and having her introduced when she was older rather than when she was a bratty kid mm-hmm. was so clever because you were just invested in all of these storylines from from the minute it started. Yeah, yeah, completely. I mean, it just... Because I believe the, the book is like completely linear, right? I think so, yeah. And I think the fact that Greta decided that, no, we're going to tell this story in like a mi- mismatched, you know, kind of back backwards and forwards and all of that kind of stuff was just like so clever. It, and like you said, in the fact that when we're introduced to these characters for the first time, they're already kind of halfway or even more through what they've experienced and what they will experience. Um, And then having the story go back and us kind of having to fill in the blanks and fill in the gaps. And then those gaps are filled in for us Mm -hmm. is just such a wonderful way of doing it. And I feel like it just makes it so that the emotional beats of the film are felt 10 times more because I don't know about you, but personally it just got me invested in it like way more than I think I would have done if it was just a straight linear story. Yeah. 100%. It was like these characters, just like every single one of them. And I mean, every single one of them, like not even just the main four girls, like, Mm-hmm. every character i was just like i'm really like invested in what you're you're doing and 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 how you this all comes into play for you and i just thought it was very it, yeah it's just really clever and i think as well like her um greta gerwig's direction i'd be really interested i mean basically i just want to work with her greta if you're listening <laughs> hi i'm an actor cast me um I'd be interested to see how she runs her set because the chemistry from that group, they were like a proper family. And I think you can only get that, that level of like camaraderie and like, you know, family sort of vibes. If you run a set in a way that makes people feel very comfortable and Mm -hmm. very free to do whatever it is that they need to do. So I would be very interested to see, to be a fly on the wall and watch her conduct her set and see how how that sort of plays into people's performances. It just looks so fun and it's mm. like such an inviting place to be. But on the other hand, I also feel like she probably doesn't take any shit either. Yeah, I think there's a fine balance that is sort of need to be had, I guess, as a director. I would imagine that you need to be 
approachable enough that your actors feel like they can speak to you about any issues that they have and feel comfortable to you know at times be very vulnerable in front of the camera but then you've also got to be a bit of a taskmaster and be like well we've got to get this done because we have a budget (laughs) and we have we can't be here for hours and hours on end so I, I guess there is kind of like a a balancing act with that that maybe she's good at it as well because she has she is an actor as well and I guess yeah knowing what she wants in a director as an actor will help you know inform the way that she directs um but just the whole thing like is so perfectly crafted I always think about the script as well and how the the dialogue just bounces off um like each line just bounces off each other um particularly when it's the four sisters in a room together and they and they talk like actual siblings because sometimes when you watch films and it's like family relations and they're kind of talking like they don't know each other (laughs) (laughs) yep no definitely this doesn't do that they they they've got it's like they've got their pre-existing beats and every family has sort of like hierarchy is probably the wrong word but when you're in an environment like you know where people sort of stand within the conversation definitely and you could you could sense that within one of my favorite scenes is when they're um they're waiting for their mum to come back um so that they can have their christmas breakfast yes and they're all just sat there like talking about the play they're gonna put on and um <laughs> when when Meg turns around and is like, um, we should make our small sacrifices and be grateful for it, and then she gets the pillow thrown at her. Yeah. <laughs> it's like that's such a sibling thing. It's like, don't tell me what I should be doing. Um, and this the general yeah, the general vibe amongst all of them was very warm and inviting, and like they all knew each other really, really well. Um and again, that's hard for people who I imagine, you know, most of them probably didn't know each other before they embarked on this film. Yeah. So to have that kind of energy um, is a testament to the whole team, really. Yeah, I think like the for me, the case in point of that chemistry is the um, the, the gentleman's club scene. <laughs> Um, I just think that is such a a perfect example of like how comfortable they were with each other and how it really, like you said, it does feel like they are siblings. And, Mm. um, and again, that although like not really hierarchy, but you could definitely tell like the, uh, the makeup of, of the four sisters in that scene specifically. And just absolutely instantly i i felt like i want to be there i want to be with them we we were kind of like timothy chalamet's character weren't we where he's brought in we're brought into their private um club um and we're allowed to just you know play with them for a little bit and it's just like the most beautiful scene i love it so much yeah it's just such like a i wanted to be their sister (laughs) i want to be in this family um just the whole the whole vibe is it's just a it's it's such a despite the fact that it's a super emotional film every single time i have watched it i have cried without fail and it's always at the same moments as well you'd think that i'd be like oh i know what's happening doesn't matter i'm in tears um but it's still really heartwarming 
and like the type of film that you walk away with feeling better than you did when you started it. Um, yeah. And I just think all the performances are brilliant. I think, I mean, obviously you've got Saoirse Ronan who just is incredible every single time she exists <laughs> on screen. She was robbed. Absolutely robbed. Robbed. She's robbed. always been robbed. How many times has she been nominated for an Oscar? How has she not won one yet? It's ridiculous. <laughs> it, it's impossibly ridiculous. I just don't get it at all. Absolutely robbed. Florence is obviously amazing. Someone who I don't think gets enough credit is Eliza Scanlon. As oh my. she's Eliza Scanlon is so good. She's mm-hmm. absolutely amazing um, in everything that I've seen her in, even... <laughs> Even old for that little bit of time. Even in in old. <laughs> um, no, but <laughs> but yeah, I mean, um, you know, she is realistically. I mean, I know we'll talk more about Florence Pugh and, and we'll talk about Amy, but Beth is like the glue that holds the family together, and that's very mm-hmm. obvious from from the opening, just from the beginning of the film to the very end. And Eliza Scanlon plays that so well and spoiler alert when she does die you just feel that the weight of that loss so heavily yeah and that's a testament to how how brilliant she plays the character i also want to say as well um i assume you're probably going to mention but this is one of the films i think one of the only films that i've ever watched emma watson in and not gone oh that's emma watson yeah, I know what you mean actually. Because I know I think she really, yeah, because she wasn't originally supposed to play that part. No, was it not meant to be? I think it was Emma Stone. Yes, correct. It and was. Emma ha- Emma Stone had to drop out, so they put in the other Emma. <laughs> <laughs> um, but apparently, that's quite funny because apparently Emma Watson was originally supposed to be the lead in La La Land, and then dropped out. And yeah. Emma, so they've just they're just swapping roles. They're just, just swapping, swapping roles. and changing. You know, one Emma was like, you know what? I'm not feeling that today. You, you know, sub sub in sub in stone. <laughs> in Corella two, we're going to have Emma Watson playing Corella. <laughs> um, I mean, she has that kind of like effortless grace. <laughs> yeah. Just about her gen- generally, and I feel she brought that to the character really well, and that's kind of what that character is supposed to have anyway. Completely, um, I love Emma Watson anyway, and I will die on that hill. I think I think she's amazing, um, and I it was nice to see her in this because I think I think yeah. for a lot of the a lot of the Harry Potter actors, it's like they grew up playing a very um, you know famous role, and I like seeing them outside of that because. It yeah. gives you the opportunity to see their other skill set. You know, she's not just Hermione Granger. She's all these other characters. And I don't think she necessarily had had the opportunity to really show off um, her acting until quite possibly this film. And the thing is with Emma Watson specifically from those um, f- from the Harry Potter lot is that she immediately went from, well, not immediately, but she went from one well-known character to literally one of the most well-known animated characters of all time. Mm-hmm. So she, she she's always been kind of put into this box and it's really nice to see her kind of break that mold with this uh, role in this film. Yeah. 
Although, of course, we aren't here to talk about her. <laughs> We're here to talk about Florence. <laughs> Our girl. <laughs> yeah, okay, what did you think of Florence in this? Oh, my God. She's amazing. She's just impeccable. And I think out of all of them, it's the clearest. She is the the clearest between the younger selves and their older selves. Mm-hmm. Like you can really tell, like the the maturity of her character between the present day stuff and the the flashback stuff. Yeah. Um. You know the <clears throat> the the scene in the in the the gallery when she's painting and talking to uh, Timothy Chalamet. That that scene, that speech, that monologue is incredible and amazing. But then. In one of the flashback scenes, you know where she's uh, <laughs> where she's just been um, hit with the cane at school, and she's like, "I'm in so much trouble," and just like that goofiness and that childishness is, and the fact that she just switches between the two is just phenomenal. Well, that's the thing; like she she plays that childlike element so well. So and that well. was what I got out of this m- recent rewatch of it. I was like, oh my god, like she captures that essence of being a kid like perfectly. Yeah. Considering, you know, I think when she she was probably like what, like 24 when she filmed this or something like that. Yeah. Um and to be able to capture that complete childlike essence, just absolutely brilliant. One of my favourite scenes is when she's like outside after having been hit with the cane. She's like, I can never go home again because I'm in such trouble. And I'm just, I was like in hysterics at the cinema because I was like, this is hilarious. Like this girl just completely breaking down because she's been, you know, caught out. And, and then the aftermath of that scene as well, where she's like, um, I love it where she's holding up the book and she's like, let me have this painting immediately. And then her mum walks in and she's like, my hand. <laughs> she's <just> like, <laughs> that's what kids do. That switch up where they, one minute they're completely happy. And then the minute they know they can get some attention, they're suddenly really sad again. And it's just, she really did capture every essence of it. And then the contrast. I mean, you you mentioned that scene in the, the little gallery space, which that, I don't know if you know that speech wasn't originally supposed to be in the script. Um, Meryl Streep uh-huh. suggested it to Greta oh, Gerwig. Okay. She said she said something about how she thought um, Amy needed a big, like, speech moment, um, and so Greta was like, "Cool, if Meryl says, then we do." Um, and <laughs> she wrote it. All in there. hail. All um, hail Meryl Streep. But it's such a good moment because it shows her growth as a character so well. It shows how she's just gone from being this very, very bratty kind of like, I want to get whatever I want person, child, to being an adult who's like, well, I'm not going to be the greatest of all time. Therefore, I know what I'm going to do instead. Yeah. Yeah, and it's like a bittersweet moment as well, I think. Mm. It's that kind of like, she's giving up on her, you know, what she calls her foolish ambitions and all of those things. And she's doing, and you kind of think, oh, that's sad that you're giving up on this talent. But then she's just being very pragmatic and like, okay, no, this is, 
this is what <laughs> this is what needs to be done and if you don't like that then i don't care like yeah and just i'm obs- i'm just obsessed with florence Pugh, so i don't know whether i'm just being biased but she just <laughs> blows me away in this film in particular i'm just everything she did i was like she's one of those actors as well cuz um she did she does this in everything that she's in where she she's constantly acting which i know sounds really stupid because that's surely what an actor does but it's like she's not just acting when she starts speaking there's little moments where she's like very natural about things she'll be picking stuff up the way she's holding stuff like in between the lines and in between the beats there's she's adding something to it and i think that's probably just instinctual from her just general ability but there are some actors who can't do that and that's something I, i see her do that in everything it's like even in like um black widow when i was watching that and she goes up to the they've got the airplane and she goes up and she like breathes onto the the windshield (laughs) and like little things like that you go well you you weren't you clearly weren't told to do that you've just gone I know what my character would do in this moment I think she's very clever and aware of what her character would be doing at any given moment any moment yeah which like you said is really not something that ev- that most actors would even consider doing no because that's the thing like and i think that's why she's kind of almost become sort of as quickly as you know has quickly become sort of a household name and someone that the entire industry and even people who have no real sort of connection to this industry who are just you know your average moviegoer have paid attention yeah. to her because she already seems to be a master at her craft when she's only like 10 movies in yeah completely a bit mad really um it it is absolutely crazy um and i mean like because obviously she was nominated for best supporting actress you know for this for this role which you know the oscars don't often get things right but that that was right that correct correct um and i really do see down the line her um picking picking her gong up maybe a few i really do maybe more than a few yeah (laughs) maybe more than a few the one thing i will say my only my only criticism of this film is you know when she's in the school the school scene and yes. she's a very good twenty-four-year-old sat next to literal <laughs> ten-year-old. <laughs> yeah, I feel like they could have good, they could have gone around that a little bit better. Um, I remember watching it in the cinema and going, "Hold on." <laughs> <laughs> as jarring as that moment was, though, it's still a testament to her talent as an actress that didn't seem that out of place. No, she was like matching their energy so well. Yeah. So it didn't feel as out of place. It was just like, I sort of looked <laughs> and I went, oh, <laughs> could you not have cast everyone to look the same age? Um, that was the only thing. And literally the only thing whenever I see it, I go, oh gosh, here we go. But um, I, like you said, I thought, and I thought it was because I know in previous um sort of iterations of this story they've had someone younger play 
young Amy and then someone different play the older Amy. Yeah. And I understand why they do that because there is supposed to be a very big age gap. Um, But I thought it was clever to not do that in this instance because, again, I think you became very connected to the character, connected to Florence Pugh in particular playing the character. And I Mm -hmm. think had you had someone else like a, a younger a younger version, I think it would have felt a little bit more disjointed. Um, yeah, and I think also in that sense is that you don't give Florence Pugh the chance to spin gold like she does as the younger version of that character. <laughs> yeah. Florence Pugh, you're going to play Amy, but only for 20 minutes. Um, No, I shall not be doing that because I'm going to bring every age range to this. I, I just love it so much. <laughs> And literally cannot praise it enough. Yeah. You know, before I was saying that the farewell isn't just top ten of of the year, it's top like ten of all time. I think mm. Little Women is probably also top ten of all time. Yeah, it's just it's just so good. And I and we, I know we briefly talked about how it was absolutely robbed. Oh, don't. <laughs> Did I... don't 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 do it. <laughs> Greta didn't get nominated, did she? Not for director, no. No. (sighs) No. (laughs) Arthur, the the Arthur meme with the clenched fist. (laughs) Uh, It's um, just baffling to me. So this is the thing. Parasite and Bong Joon-ho owned the night. Mm -hmm. Fair enough. Mm -hmm. Fair enough completely. But... The fact that, I mean, the biggest things for me was the fact that Greta wasn't nominated for director, which she very much should have been. No questions asked completely. Mm-hmm. It was almost like the Academy was saying like, oh, we've already nominated you for Ladybird, so we don't really need to now. Um, and then second of all, don't get me wrong, I love Taika Waititi. I think Jojo Rabbit is great. But mm-hmm. the fact that it didn't win adapted screenplay is, quite frankly, a crime <laughs> against humanity. <laughs> that that year was a very good year for film. It's just sort of, it, it's sort of one of those things where you think this deserved so much more praise. It deserves a higher rating on IMDb. Um, yeah, what is all that about? What is Come 7.8 on. stars? Are you joking? I'm just looking at the breakdown of um, the IMDb users and notice that 2,173 people are wrong. <laughs> uh, they've given it one star. How? What? One? What? 2,173 people give it one star. I just don't understand. Um, But then also, um, what's very damning about this evidence that I am seeing before me is the the demographic, ratings by demographic. And you can see that um, (laughs) it's mainly men that rate it lower than women. (laughs) 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 We've been you. We've really been. Am I surprised? No. Um, Absolutely. The the male, right, right, men. I'm right. This is a this is a (laughs) public service announcement for all men. Please get with the program. (laughs) Watch it again and just pretend like you didn't rate it low, and then actually rate it high, which is where it deserves to be rated. Yeah, where it deserves to be. This is, it's like, I, I sort of saw it, I was like, 7.8 stars. I was like, um, I disagree. It should be like at least nine. <laughs> I do wonder what um what its rating is, like its user rating is on Rotten Tomatoes. 
That's a good question, actually. It's for the critics, it was 95. 92. So there we go. Rotten Tomatoes uh, audience score is, is is a more accurate portrayal, in, in my opinion. N- 92 is right. <laughs> I've literally not met a person who hasn't liked this film. Yeah, and I have forced a lot of people to watch this film. <laughs> oh my God, me every day. I remember when I saw it for the first time and I was like on the phone to my mum, like, you need to go and see this immediately. I was like, there is no question about it. Every single person I worked with, I was like, have you seen Little Women yet? Have you seen Little Women yet? <laughs> have you seen Little Women yet? It was like converting people over. And then everyone who who I know who's seen it, they just adore it. I mean, it's even so in... Good. The incredibly uncommon, surely uncommon case that you hate everything about this film, bar Florence Pugh. It's still worth watching just for her. Yeah, she just, she is so unbelievably watchable. And it's, I can't even, it's one of those, she's got the type of talent that I can't even quite put my finger on it as to why it's so like it works so well because there are so many talented people i mean i've come across in my time you know in this industry acting mm. i go to, i've been in audition rooms with with some of amazing amazing talent and but there are some there is a rare occasion where you see someone and everything that they do just works yeah and she's one of those people and it's even more baffling because the girl hasn't trained She's not got any formal acting training. And you just sat there going, huh? <laughs> huh? Yeah, I think to, to kind of like bring it full circle, we mentioned it towards the beginning, but I just you just have to look at Cooking with Flo on her Instagram. <laughs> like that, because that is her through and through. Like, I mean, I don't really know how, mu- how much of an act it really is. I don't think it is. I think that's mm-hmm. genuinely her. And she's just like you said; she's so likable, and such a a personality mm. that she obviously like uses that to fuel her her character work. And you know, a- Amy March is Florence Pugh, like acting, but also mm. Florence Pugh, just like herself like it's a it's a mix of everything and she does that with all of her roles really like Mm. uh, and i think maybe that's where the magic is she's very i i don't think i've seen a person sort of in this in her age bracket i mean she's like so so she's like a year younger than me um which Mm. is so depressing um but it's very rare i think to find someone in their 20s who is so sure of themselves and so sure of who they are yeah that that's probably a big part of why when she goes into these acting jobs she isn't you know hasn't got any inhibition she hasn't got any worries about how people are going to view her she's just like this is who i am and then i'm going to do my job and then that's going to be where we're at and i just think the only other person who i think did that was jennifer lawrence that is so weird because I was literally just thinking of Jennifer Lawrence. <laughs> Genuinely, I was like, you know what? Jennifer Lawrence. But what again, I, I feel like that is, she is also another case of like, 
her own personality really fuels who she is as an actress. Yeah, I saw a, a very interesting video, actually, where someone said, and I don't know how much of this I believe, but um, that had Jennifer Lawrence not had her little break from the industry, mm. would there have been a space for Florence Pugh? Oh, that's such an interesting question. Which, I mean, I feel like there would have been because they're slightly different ages, but I do understand the question that 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 being raised because this industry is it's very oversaturated and they they usually only have space for one particular type of person at a time um and you know they they have a similar personality type so you you just sort of wonder would if jennifer lawrence was still completely on the scene when florence Pugh was Mm -hmm. originally you know up up and coming would would people have kind of um, gravitated to her as much as they have? Uh, yeah, which I thought was kind of interesting. I mean, I, I would like, I like, would like to think that they would have. I would, yeah, <laughs> I hope yeah, they I, would have. <laughs> I'd like to think there was space for both of them at the table because there is space for both of them. I mean, I think they both need to be in a film together. I think that would be <gasps> iconic. Oh my gosh, that would be brilliant! Yes, yeah. Um, Definitely. I'll fund it. I don't have any money, but I'll fund it. <laughs> if I win the lottery, I'm ringing them up. Florence, yeah. Jennifer. I have it's an happening. idea. <laughs> it's happening. <laughs> Basically, I just think Florence is amazing and um, she deserves the world. <laughs> she, she does. It, it, yeah, completely. Um, and her career tra- trajectory um, is so fascinating to me. She literally went from being in school to being in a film with Maisie Williams and then then she was in Lady Macbeth and all of these other things and then the first time I ever saw her actually in anything was in I think it was 2018 actually when she was in the um, BBC adaptation of King Lear and she's oh. like acting opposite Anthony Hopkins Emma Thompson and yeah. like it within the first like few years of her career and I was like how dare you (laughs) I was like oh my god like you're living the actual dream (laughs) yeah because it's so interesting because um I think was it Lady Macbeth as well wasn't that didn't that have some some old stars in it yeah I mean Lady Macbeth is brilliant as well she I think she got I think she got the British Independent Film Award for that. Oh, so that okay. kind of like set her up for this the, this side of the pond in terms of the UK yeah. film industry um, and kind of got all eyes on her at that moment. And then I think probably, I would, I would imagine it was Midsummer that got her kind of viewed a bit more stateside. I mean, it's it's interesting, isn't it? Because it really did feel like she was nowhere, then she was everywhere. Yeah, it was like she she didn't exist, and then all of a sudden, yeah. everything, every 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 time I I cannot go on the internet without seeing something about her. Which don't get me wrong, I do not mind more, please. But not complaining, it, not complaining at all. I literally before we um, recorded this, I went onto YouTube and there was a recommendation of um, someone had edited a video together, and it was Florence Pugh being a chaotic queen for six minutes straight. <laughs> and I was like, uh, I'm a watch it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, she's just. 
I think she's been very, very lucky. Um, yeah. With the jobs that she's got. I think that set mm. her up really well for her future career. Um, so she's been very fortunate in that sense. And, and so much of this industry is about uh, what you look like and how much luck you've got on your side. Um, yeah. But she's also alongside that got talent in an, in abundance. Um, and I just hope that we continue to see more and more of her. She's going to go down as one of the greats. And I don't have a problem with that. No, not at all. I'm In here fact, for it. here for it. Yeah, exactly. So thank you so much, Alex. This has been a really interesting discussion. Yes, it has indeed. I, like I said at the beginning, any chance to talk about Florence Pugh, I will jump at. <laughs> um, where can the people find you? Where, where can they find you? Uh, well, you can uh, search me up on Twitter at Presenter Alex, and you can pretty much find everything from there that I'm involved in my uh, podcasts and uh, wherever I'm writing and being a general nuisance. <laughs> um, is there, I was just curious, actually, I like to ask this question. Is there anyone else that you think sh- we should discuss on this podcast? Oh, oh my gosh. You're putting me on the spot. But do you know what? I'm going to say Olivia Wilde. Um, I don't even know what her highest and lowest would be. I bet her... um, Well, because she's in her for a little bit, isn't she? Yeah, that must be up the top somewhere. Must be be pretty up there. And then, um, yeah. Uh, I reckon that's probably the highest. And then then she's been in like some comedies and things, hasn't she? That are probably pretty low. Oh, I just realised... Completely forgot to ask um, which film you actually prefer. Oh, <laughs> that's, the point, that's, the, that's the point. Of the... <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, malevolent, obviously. Oh, duh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, duh. I mean, uh, no, of course, it, obviously, it's Little Women, and I think I don't think there could have been any other. No. Um, but it's interesting because I think like malevolent really is like the lowest of her catalogue, her filmography. Mm. Like and all the rest are pretty high. Yeah. Like I'm sure like four four of the films at least we've mentioned are above 90%. Malevolence just kind of <clears throat> mid, isn't it? It's but it's also not like I wouldn't say it's horrendous either. Like I could sit through it. I wasn't there being like switch <laughs> this off. <laughs> but um indeed my favorite was Little Women. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, hands down. Um, so all that is left for me to do is to announce the next actor. Um, oh, you get a little exciting. sneak preview. Um, oh my gosh. So I, I love a poll. And I ran a poll on Twitter. Nice. <laughs> with a list of actors um, that were potential options. Um, the potential options were Dev Patel, Tom Cruise... Margot Robbie and Jennifer Lawrence. And with 43% of the votes, the winner is Tom Cruise. Recency bias, I'm calling it. (laughs) (laughs) He's in it. Quite possibly. He he is on everybody's uh, lips at the moment. So I Um, did a little, I I pre-searched everything. And so Tom Cruise has 49 films on his IMDb page. Oh my Um, gosh. Man has worked. Um, and his 
So his highest rated film with 8.7 stars is the recent Tom Top Gun Maverick. Top Gun Maverick. <laughs> that has just come out. <clears throat> Literally just come out. So I might have to take a little trip to the cinema to yeah. be able to facilitate this. <laughs> um, and his lowest rated film, it's a tie between two of his films. Oh. They had the exact same rating of 4.9 stars. Oh. One is called Losing It, which is from 1982. I think it was one of his first jobs. Okay. And the other one, also one of his first jobs, is called Endless Love from 1981. Oh. So I had a little look-see mm. as to where you can actually watch these. Uh, losing it is only available to watch if you buy a physical copy, and it is £30. Mm. So... <laughs> Oh, <laughs> whereas Endless Love is included with Amazon Prime um, and I oh. am not rich, so I will probably be watching Endless Love. <laughs> if I can find a cheaper copy of Losing It, I will watch it. Yeah, but I'm not parting with £30 for his lowest rated film. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's a good idea. Thank you to everybody for listening. Uh, as always, you can find us the the podcast um we are better bad pod on twitter and instagram and you can find me on twitter as jess rolland or on instagram as jess underscore rolland thank you so much thank you alex i hope this was fun (laughs) oh it was thank you so much for having me it's been an absolute pleasure um and i will see you next time on better than bad 